welcome to episode 51 of In The Saddle podcast. I'm your host, Mark Borowski, and I'm joined by Paul Callahan, Lucky Loaders, and Kate Clements. We'll start with Mr. Callahan. How's things, Paul? Yeah, all's good. Very good. Now, I came out of lockdown over here in Ireland, and yeah, I was able to get a haircut, but fortunately or unfortunately, it's, it's absolutely no relevance to the podcast. Did you back your man yesterday, Tom Lacey? had a winner. Surely you were on that. I didn't back. I saw you the winner, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't get involved. Add, add from it. It, was, it was an 8-11 to 11 shot as well. I thought you'd be all over that, that sort of price. No, it was a bit bit too big for me, to, <laughs> that price. But, uh, yeah, it's going back to last week. So I actually went off vindication in the end. You might have seen we were talking about it during the week. and Yeah. But um, I still I went to top, fancy cloth cap kit. You tipped it up in the in the podcast, but didn't back him either. A nice wee bit after time in there, Paul Callahan. Take you about thirty seconds. I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So confused. Kate Clements, cloth Hello. cap. Yeah, I'm just pleased with that. I had a bit of a rubbish week other than that, but I'll take that. Twelve to one winner, all over it. Um, who, who are we plugging this week, just out of interest? Actually, I've just seen you've got a bottle of champagne next to you. Uh, yeah, I have. Someone sent me a bottle of Moe um, in a branded box with mine and Gravetti's name on it. Um, yeah, had a few interesting freebies this week. Do you know, yeah. lads, lads we're, we're, I'm feeling a bit left out here. Did you boys get anything in the post? I'm still waiting for something. Yeah, I probably need to send this to Chris, to be fair. <laughs> okay, they, they must have got my wrong address or my Scottish address. Um, <laughs> how, how are you getting on, Chris? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Couldn't make it five naps in a row last week. Uh, we're going, we were going for that. But yeah, pa- Paddy Brennan, poor Paddy Brennan. I think he had a tough time at Newcastle on on Saturday. And yeah, the money came down for Brave Eagle as well. He was backed not long before the off. But uh, yeah just that unlucky there we couldn't um get the fifth nap winner but yeah apart from that all's good busy at sky but it's raining down here now was tempted to go to Sandown on saturday it's always a, a racetrack i've got a lot of time for got some uh great memories there at least in the short-term memories anyway i don't really remember anything past three years ago in racing so uh yeah but um yeah gonna be watching it this weekend in the cold, oh, in the warm, sorry, staying out of the cold uh, on the telly. So, yeah, looking forward to it. I've seen your nap. Um, it's it's ambitious, so good luck to you. Um, I wish you all the best with that one. Yeah, we'll see you as copies me. Yeah, yeah. That, I think I, I think that's about a tens on chance that this person copies you. But let's just see. Let's just see what happens, okay? Okay. Let, let's, let's get into the action, okay? We'll start on Saturday. We're going to start at Sandown, okay? 150... King Henry VIII, Novice Chase, Grade 1. Um, Dan Skelland's All Mankind leads a betting for this Grade 1. We'll start with my favourite, Paul Callahan. What do you like here? I think this is a trappy, despite just a small field, I think this is a trappy, trappy enough race here. All Mankind was very good on his debut at Warwick. The time of that race was was pretty quick for a first-timer over fences. But I'm going to come down on the side of Hitman. I think he had three runs in France for Gillian McHare. He was going to win. He was second on his first start at Poe, went back there and was clear and ran out. I think he jumped left at, at one of the fences. But while he was clear, I think he, he looked at a winner and, and ended up running out. But made amends for that. He won at Poe back on the on his third time of asking back at the end of January. 
I think it's interesting. He's snapped up by he's joined Paul Nichols. It's interesting that he's going. He's gone straight chasing. He won it the first time of asking in an eventful beginner's chase at Boss last back on the eighth of November. He can be the time of that race was nothing nothing special now. On, on if you're going off times, you would have a little bit bit of work, work to do with all mankind and El Dorado Allen. But I think this is this could be set up for something coming off the back. Hitman can be quite keen. He was quite keen at Foss last. But I think all mankind will go forward. And I think this Jamie Snowden's horse, GA Law, Gavin Sheehan, I think that likes to go forward as well. So I'd imagine in a small you know, if the likes El Dorado Allen might sit toward a fourth. And ideally, Harry Cobden might sit out the back and just get him switched off early. And with the anticipating that they'll go too hard early, early on in the in this to, to one fifty, I'd fancy Hitman to be staying on best towards the finish. He's currently best price available, three to one. Hitman. Um, it's interesting you you mentioned Gallo for uh, Jimmy Snow. I mean, I think one hundred and fifty is a bit of a harsh mark. Look at that. I think he's never since he's gone chase, he's won his last three. Um again he had two runs over hurdles and unlike kinda you'd see, often see it in France, but in England and Ireland it's very unusual for a horse for a four year old to go straight fence and he obviously wasn't cutting it over hurdles. I know he he won uh did he win a point to point? Finished sixth, he only beat two home in a at Stratford and then he went straight chasing after that. So he's unbeaten over fences and um he probably obviously have to sit, step up again, but I think it's interesting that Jamie Snowden has, has wasted no time with, with sending him over fences. Yeah, he's certainly been chopping up the wins quite quickly, three consecutively. Um obviously encountering soft ground and um, last time he encountered that was at Stratford. Um certainly I, I do think he's interesting and he's a bit overpriced at nine to two. Um Kate Clements, what do you like here? I was tempted to go with Hitman. I really liked him last time out, but I'm going with maybe a heart overhead. I'm going to go with All Mankind. I saw him work when I was at Skelton's and he is an absolute machine. I There's no chance in hell you'd get me on that horse. He's got some serious power and some serious strength. Um, and I think if they can get him in the right mindset, then he'll be brilliant. What are his um, long-term plans, all mankind? Do you know? I'm not aware. From what they said whilst I was there, he's quite a challenging one to train. Um, they have like their uphill gallop that they work most of the horses on most days. And then over on like a separate quieter side of the yard, they've got a deep sand circular. They very rarely work all mankind up the hill because of what it does to his brain um and i rode global harmony behind him in the string um on the deep sand circular and it took him it took the work rider a good lap to pull him up he was not wanting to stop um yeah he loves his work so we'll see so he could easily be better than a mark of one five three. Um, all mankind is currently nine to four, five to two in places for Kate Clements. And lastly, Lucky Loaders. Um, are you with one of the front two of the betting here? Um, originally, earlier this morning, when I was looking at the deck declarations, I was quite keen to side with Hitman. But there's just something about 
that performance at Foss last that just makes me think, was it too good to be true? What is quite interesting in here is that um, we haven't touched on it so far is that there's actually three four-year-olds. So they're going to be getting the weight for age, age allowance. And that's really going to help all of them, you would think. It's definitely, I think, an advantage. And it seems um, that quite a few trainers here are willing to, to, to throw the dice for these four-year-olds. Sometimes it can have an, a negative effect. I, I think if they've got any aspirations of uh, going on to the Arkle. I think I meant I heard uh, someone mention that Dan Skelton said in an interview that the Arkle is the long-term plan. If he did head there, I would be slightly worried because the age suggests that you don't normally tend to get many five-year-olds because he'd be a five-year-old next year winning the Arkle. That that would be somewhat of a concern. I thought Eldorado Allen could be the way to play here for uh, Robbie Power and Colin Tizard won both his uh, starts over fences so far this season. It's hard to, to say if he would have won at Cheltenham um, last time out, the November meeting where Gumble uh, fell up the straight, who looked like he was cruising and still had plenty left at the time. But I think Eldorado Allen, Allen would have made a good challenge of it. Um, and even though he does have to give away a little bit of weight to some of his rivals because he is a six-year-old, I think he can go quite well. He's won at the course before, and I think there will be quite a lot of pace on here. I think all mankind will try and make the run in, um, and and also as well, Galores like to get on with things. So it could just set up for a closer. And El Dorado Allen, I imagine, would want to be held up out the back. And if they do go quite hard, it could be a really tiring slog up the hill. It's always really attritional stuff at Sandown. There's going to be plenty of rain, so it's going to be on the testing side come Saturday. And I thought Eldorado El Allen would be the way to play here. Handle conditions, likes to track, and is still unbeaten over fences. He's currently best price available nine to two. Um, he was six to one earlier. Lucky loaders, is that you? Had a, had a few quid on. No, I've only changed my mind in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. With uh, you sent me through the wrong selection from earlier. I was wondering what you were up to. Um, I quite like Gallo here, so. We, we fancy the top four in the Bairn here, so if we can't get a winner here in a, a six-runner race, we're in trouble. But Elder or Allen for Chris Loader, best price available. I think it's 5-1, to 9-2. Paul Callahan, um, Hitman. And Keith Clements, All Mankind, at 5-2. to two. Uh, Moving on to the 225, the Betfair Tingle Creek Chase, grade one. We'll start with Kate Clements. What do you like here? Little dog. Did I catch you at the wrong time there? <laughs> Mouthful of water. Uh, little dog. Um, I think people underrate him. I think they give him a hard time because, well, I don't know. He's the underdog. Like Everyone wants Altior to win, don't they? But I'm going to stay true to Little dog. And I, to be fair, I thought Chris would go against me on that. Okay, it's a political log for Kate Clements. Um, Chris Loader, what do you like here? Yeah, I, I totally agree with uh, what Katie just said there about, I think, for some reason, I don't know what it is, people just don't quite like political log. I, I don't know why. Um, maybe, maybe maybe just not, maybe it's not quite as sexy as Altior, you know. Obviously, Altior, what can't be said that's already been said about him you know he's, he's such a great horse you know one of the best we've seen definitely so far in this millennium you know he's never been beaten over two miles the only time he was beaten last year was on his re seasonal reappearance against surname 
over two and a half miles. So, yeah, he's he's been a legend of the game, you know. And he's going to have to prove that he's still got all his ability. I know that he did win at uh, Newbury on his second start last year. That was the, the last time we saw him. And he did prove that he had the class that day. But I think this might just represent a little bit of a different test here. And Politolog is the current reigning champion chase. And despite it, it being what some people might call it a below, below par renewal, he, he was definitely a true champion that day. He The way Harry, who's booked again, rode him from the front, got him to a great rhythm, a great round of jumping, he was absolutely electric that day. And I know Deffy Desoy disappointed, but I, I think if uh, Deffy Desoy had been on his A game, I don't think there was no beating Politolog. Politolog as well has served it up to Altura in the past before. He nearly beat him in the champion chase where he finished second to him back in 2019. He goes well fresh as well, which is another positive. Paul Nichols says he thinks he's found the key to Politolog now. He's won this race before Politolog um, a couple of seasons ago back in 2017, so that shouldn't be an issue. And if Harry Skelton can just get an easy t easy time with things on the lead, he might Altior might not get past him, even though we know Altior's got a great turn of foot and has won this race before. But so uh, yeah, I think Politolog... I think he, he's been a little bit underestimated here. And there's only three pounds between them on official ratings, you know. And and I think Altior is going to have to run up to his best to uh, beat Politolog. Interesting. Um, Kate and Chris are going against Altior. Five runs at Sandown, five wins. Um, what, do you, what do you both make of Green team, Paul Nichols' other runner? Because they're, they're, both, they're both similar in the betting, five to one, the pair of Politolog. Yeah, I quite liked... Um, Grenatine, you know, he's he's interesting. Uh, won the Howden Gold Cup last time, and I thought he did the job well, despite not winning by a big margin. Moonlighter, who ran that day, ran a really good race for a long way, and we don't know how good that form is because Moonlighter was actually uh, running at uh, Newbury last weekend, and he fell early on, so we didn't really see the true level of that form. But I think Moonlighter is no mug, but. Grenatine, I know the Nichols hold him in really high regard, um, and he's definitely a serious player. If if Playlog did get tired, but I don't think he will. I think Harry's a brilliant judge from the front, and I think he'll judge it to perfection. If if there was a little bit of a pace burn up, we know he likes to come late, and he's the one in here that you could say that could develop into a Grade One horse. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be an interesting candidate, no doubt about it. But I think he's going to really have to up his game. Anything to add, Kate Clements? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yes. No, I'm good. Chris, um, the, what else can you say? He's summed everything up. He wrapped it up, yeah. Paul Callahan, Altior, are we with him? Yeah, I'm not one for tipping favourites, as you all know, but I'm going to have to side with Altior here. Um, I'm with you as well on this one, Paul. I think tactics are going to be interesting. Politolo, you know, imagine it's going to go forward. Grenatine was held up the last day, but has made the run in the past. And Castle Grace Paddy likes to go forward as well. Doesn't have to make the running, but, but would like to go forward. But I'd imagine Rouge Biff, who was a, a good winner at Cheltenham back at the showcase meeting in October. I'd imagine getting the Gavin Chain absolutely loves the horse. I'd imagine he'll be keen enough to go forward without he was quite keen at Cheltenham, possibly running a little bit fresh. So at least the gastiness will be taken out of him. Um so Palillo mightn't have it his own way, all his own way up up front. Altior, I just think this year connections out, they're going to try it and, and test it out. And I think he's he's the one the reports are that he's working really well. He's been schooling brilliant. 
he had an away day at Newbury where he galloped with Epic Hands. And I just think he's he's the one they had to have to beat. I'd go I'd love to see him nothing against Blillo Granny, the, the rest of the field. I would love to see him put in a I'd love to see him back to back to himself and put in a, a good performance on, on Saturday. Um Paul Callahan, Altior's price five to six currently. Do you think this would be a similar situation to surname? Maybe drift out to silly price or do you think he'll, he'll go even shorter? No, I think he'll if anything, I think he'll go shorter. I can't see him drift and I can't see why. Um, reports are good, and I th- I think on I think he's the one they have to beat. Okay, so Paul Callahan's very keen on Altior at five to six. I'm keen as well. Um, we're both bookie hacks here, which is which is great. Chris Loader and Keith Clemens with Political Log at five to one best price available. Uh, staying at Sandown, we're going to look at the three o'clock the London National Hand- Handicap Chase. We'll start with Paul Callahan. What do you like here? I quite like the Neil Mulholland train doing fine. Um, I think it's interesting maybe that Neil has opted to claim seven, the full seven, of doing fine with the, the excellent Millie Wonnacott. So claiming seven off 10-11, now running off uh, Mark, carries 10 stone four. He's won off a mark of 129 in the past. He will need a career best, but with a handy weight, he looks attractive. Just be interesting. He has won from the front, and he's also won, haven't been dropped in, but... I'd imagine, you know, it's over the extended three and a half miles. I'd imagine Millie, just a small field, so you're not really going to be dropping out, but she might just be taking her time and, and be staying on best. It'll be interesting to see what, what state of the ground, how it's cut up come three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, but I do like to look at doing fine. Currently best price available, 13-2 for Neil Mulholland and Millie Winnicott. Um Kate Clements. What do you like? I have selected Classic Ben for this. Um, Brian the same stallion as Cloth Cap, Lady Ben. Nice plug, I like that. Which did me well last week. Um, he's also carrying less weight this time than he did last time out when he finished a good second. So, yeah, I'm going to back him this week. Yeah, currently seven to two, so quite quite warm in the betting. It was um, one last night. Yeah, um, I'm still See, here. I, I don't know if that's genuine. <laughs> I'm still here. Um, yeah, this this race, I don't know if anyone remembers it last year, but there was a real debacle about it because I think they went the wrong way, and it was the last race on the card, and they had a stewards inquiry, and by the time the result came through, it was pitch black. So all the people that were staying on at the end uh, to, to find out what, what the final result was, uh, they had to stay until quite late. And uh, yeah, there would have been a, a dark drive home for many of them. But yeah, it was quite, a, I remember it was uh, in all the, the headlines for the wrong reasons, but hopefully we won't get that this time. It's actually moved earlier in the card to its normal uh, last uh, last race of the day. Um, but yeah, going back to this race and look at how it looks, um, I thought it was quite an interesting race, little race actually, Cloudy Glen. I think if we're going to say, is there a horse in here that could maybe go Grand National Bound or go even higher, I think Cloudy Glen is the one. Um, but the only concern I would have, it, he did, he, despite having it looked like an easy race in the Southern National, I would be worried about him carrying top weight here and this is a slightly better race than that race at Fontwell last time out and that's why I thought I'd actually go with the, the, the rag of the field Regal 
Flo here for Bob Buckler and Sean Houlihan. Claiming three. Really rate Sean Houlihan. I think he's a, uh, a good conditional jockey and I always look out for his rides. It does quite well with the likes of Phil Hobbs getting those kind of rides sometimes on those outsiders and does quite well with them. But yeah, this Regal Flo has actually got some really good form at the course and he's down to a workable mark now of 125. He ran in the veterans race here, uh, the veterans final, where it was a thriller up the hill behind Jipek. Um, and he beat Theatre Guide, splitting them two in the close finish. And um, I think if he replicates that performance, he'll go close in this. He's got a nice low racing weight. He's well handicapped. I wasn't convinced about quite a few in here, but I couldn't cross off Regal Flow with, with any certainty. So, yeah, I just thought in what looks a wide open race, unfortunately there's only seven runners, so only two places for each way but in, but... If you want to get like maybe the third place in the exchange, I thought Regal Flow could uh, run a big race at a big price. That was a, a nice little plug for the Betfair exchange there, Chris. I like that. Uh, Regal Flow best price available sixteen to one. And just as you're talking about the Betfair exchange, if anyone fancies having a bet in the Tingle Creek Betfair, giving me a five pound free bet, completely free for new and existing customers. If you're not a Betfair customer, I will put the URL link um, below. Um, so we can get the ball rolling on that. Anyway, so Chris Loader is keen on Regal Flow at 16 to 1 best price available. Um, make sure you shop around for the free places if possible. Katie Clements likes Classic Ben 7 to 2, and Paul Callahan's all over doing fine at 13 to 2. And um, moving on to the 335, Better for Exchange, is Ember Handicap Hurdle listed. Start with Chris Loader. What do you like here? Yeah, I think everybody, all eyes here are going to be on Mr. Coffee. Uh, again, it's probably, you could argue, the graded horse running in a handicap, uh, bolted up at Sandown on his last start. Could be anything, you know, he had a high reputation last season, but he really did disappoint when he went to Huntington, when he was turned over as a 1-3 favourite. He got raised £10 by the handicapper for that effort at Sandown last time out. The form's had a mixed response so far. Oscar's leader, who finished second in that race, ran OK at Haydock yesterday to make the frame. So that's not a bad boost for the form. But she soon sunny of Adam King was really disappointing at Taunton on his next start. So there are a couple of question marks over that form. And at 5-2 in a place, it's not really floating my boat. I thought Totter down here. Could be the way to play. Absolutely loves this track in testing ground. Absolutely crazy horse. Loves to go from the front. I remember when he used to be with, I can't remember who his old trainer was now, uh, come back to me in a minute, uh, Richard Phillips. Um, he absolutely bolted up um, by going like 20 lengths clear at one point. And then just because he went so hard early, he was able to hang on by still a decent margin. And then he joined Fergal O'Brien last year and he ran exactly the same race when he was even money favourite, one by 10 lengths. If he goes and gets an easy lead under Liam Harrison, claiming seven, the, the similar tactics might pay off. And if he was able to last home, he might be able to scrape a place. But yeah, Fort Totterdown was interesting. But again, Mr. Coffey, he could still be well handicapped and he could go in again. Mr. Coffey's currently 5-2, best price available. Totter down for Fergal O'Brien and Liam Harrison. 20-1, to 1 best price available. So maybe additional place in the bet for exchange. Maybe get about 5-2, to 3-1. to 1. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I'm going to take a chance on the Dr. Richard Newland train, Benson, who is partnered by Gavin Sheehan. Was, David Bast was originally jumped up on, on this horse. So I do think, once again, unlike doing fine in the London National, which we just touched on, which connections are claiming off 
I do think that it's it's interesting that Dr. Newlands was never going to claim off Benson here. So top capable in this contest that that a mark handicap mark of 127 is going to be well within his grasp. He's won his last two. He was thought good enough to run in a grade two. There's not many miles on the clock. So I think it's it has to be Benson for me for, for Dr. Richard Newland and Gavin Sheehan. He's currently best price available ten to one. Um, I just had to double check that one there, Paul Callahan. But yeah, you'd imagine he he'd have every chance. Uh, certainly one I like as well. Uh, Kate Clements, what do you like? I have gone with the Ollie Murphy trained Nicholson. Um, he was second to Ribble Valley last time out. He's not a horse that we've really seen a great deal of. He's raced four times since February 2019. Um, but um kind of bloodstock breeding wise he's by the same stallion as Epitont. um so i figure at this distance it's probably worth a shot so you think you found one here kate clements nine to one shot nicholson i know nothing <laughs> i see that <laughs> no i think i think it'll run a good race um it's interesting because this will be the shortest break it's ever had between races. Um, you've got 234 days, 143 and 228 day breaks between races, which could make you ask some questions why. Um, but we shall see. Okay, interesting. Ollie Murphy, Aidan Coleman, Nicholson for Katie Clements. Best price available, 9 to 1. Uh, moving on, we're going to have a look at Aintree. We're going to start with the 131 Wyoming Hill Beach Handicap Chase Grade 3. Chris Lauder, what do you like? Yeah, um, this is always a, a great spectacle, isn't it? It's the only other time outside of the Grand National uh, Aintree Festival that we get to see horses going over these fences. Um, an interesting looking contest, but I'm going to be boring here and go with one of the favourites, Lebroy. Um, I thought he's an interesting runner. Um, off a mark now of 141 which is actually nine pounds lower than when he was running here last year and it was quite interesting last year that connections booked jamie cod because he actually won on him in the, the the national hunt chase which is used to be known as the four miler uh, a couple of seasons ago at the cheltenham festival uh, and it was interesting that he kept the relationship uh, for a little while after that however they've gone for keelan woods now who is interesting i wonder if that's because jamie can't do the, the weight of um 10 8 but um i think he's i think he's quite uh, interesting off his mark he finished fourth at kelso last time out where he probably needed the run he's always a, a horse that strikes me that he needs a couple of runs to get fit um ben Paulin has said that the national is the aim um and even though he did um finish seventh in at the race at aintree last year he ran well for a long way and i think he just got tired uh, but Ben Paulin's horses weren't running that well last season, but they seem to have just turned a corner recently. They've been having a few winners. They've had a winner at Huntington today, hoping they have another, uh, not Huntington today, Market Raisin today. Hopefully they have another winner there today as well, because I've tipped up one of their horses. Um, but I think, yeah, Lebroy has got solid credentials, and I think he can go close. But yeah, wide open race, but not a strong ping ping, but I thought Lebroy was interesting. It's currently 5-1 to one, uh, for Chris Lauder Lebroy. Um Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I'm a walk on the mill all over him. He's looking for a record toward winning the race. Um, he won the, the first victory back in 2018 over these fences. Um, he won off £12. He's £12 higher. He won that off £12 lower mark 
I think the, the second la in last year's event, Kimberley Candy meets him this year on eight pounds worse off. But walk in the middle was badly hampered at the, the first last year. I thought he's had a nice run first time out this season when finishing seven to fourteen at Ascot behind Regal on core. And I'd imagine this road obviously is a stepping stone towards the national, but I'd imagine this this race has been his target. He loves it when horses take to the national fences. I know we've got a couple here with with, with experience over the big fences, but he seems to really just come alive over them fences. I think he'll take a bit of a beating. He's currently seven to one best best price available. Um, he's actually shorter than I thought he'd be. It could be some of Paul Callahan's money, I think. <laughs> that was half the attraction, I think. Yeah, seven to one. And uh, no, I agree with you. He's got every chance for Robert Walford. Um, it's interesting. Your your favourite trainer's got one in the race as well, Tom Lacey. What do you think of his chances? I didn't really look past walking the mill. I, I actually backed walking Confident. the mill. Confident. Is this nap time, Paul Callahan? I think he could well be a nap in this one. I, I backed him in it last year. Um, I just think Kimberly Candy is an obvious danger. Richard McLaren teaming up with Tom Lacey. But he meets him on, on eight pounds worse off. And I just do. I think when it's it obviously showed his liking to for the fences, like it's a trappy up race this for, for the Grand Steps. And I think the national fences, they're not. I think the races are a little bit more. They're a little bit. They're won by maybe a more classy horse, or they're not as less as less open. They, I don't. They do. They still do take some. I know they've been modified, but they do still take a, a bit of jumping. You you'd know it if you were on one that didn't take to the fences. I'm sure you you wouldn't think the fences were that small. So Kate, Kate Clements, why do you like Kimberly Candy? Um, um, okay, so Kimberly Candy, um, I like the horse, I like the stallion that um, he's by. Um, the so it's by Plemons Firth, um, so Lost in Translation, Sire, Global Harmonies, Sire, Haycrest, your favourite, um, and I really rate Richie McLernan. Um, I, I'd say I'd be his one woman fan club, but. I'd imagine he's probably quite few women in that club um but the horses um the horses dam is also quite interesting um and has had a few really good horses um previously um so as well as Kimberly Candy with Tom Lacey you've had Alfie Sharon with Paul Nichols and Glenlow with Gordon Elliott um so yeah that will be my selection for this Kimberly Candy is currently six to one best price available. Um, a nice little plug for Richie McLaren. I'm sure he'll be very happy off that one. He's a lovely, and lovely human. Yeah, and we'll get confirmation from him as well to see if he's a, a woman in a fan club, if you want. I'm sure you can get that. <laughs> out, anyway, um, Kimberly Candy for Kate Clements and Crystal Other Life, Lou Bruel, six to one favourite and a massive handicap. No surprise there. Moving on to the 240 uh, entry, we've got the William Hill Mini Clouds Chase Grade 2. Santini heads a betting at 5 to 4. Are we with him, Kate Clements, or are we against him, Santini? Um, my head says with him, my heart says Frodon. Um, I love Bryony, I love Frodon. He was fantastic last time out. Don't know if he's always as good at entry as he is at Cheltenham. Um, this track probably will favour speed more than like the stamina requirements of Cheltenham, but we shall see. I like him. Can't complain. Frodo's currently 
five to two second favorite at the moment. What I often find with Santini is that I just think I don't think a lot of people people take to him. I mean, he was quite unlucky in the Challenge Gold Cup, beating Nick. I was on that day. I can see Chris Lord doesn't look happy. Um, I was on Santini. I, the only thing I think against Santini here is probably the track. I think he probably a stiffer track like Challenge would probably suit him more. Native River as well, warm order, Gold Cup winner. Chris Loder, are you with Santini or are you against him? I'm going to be against him, but if we're talking in the terms of a Cheltenham Gold Cup come March, I, I would probably would like to keep him on side because I just think he needs every inch of the trip. Um, He's just an ultimate stayer. And I think if you're going to get him beat, it will be first time out. Uh, he nearly lost to um, Stuart Williams' horse that the name is it's not called the name skates me because there is a horse called that but uh, he lost to uh, uh he nearly lost to now mcginty he nearly lost to now mcginty um in uh, an enlisted race at sandown on his return last year and he made really hard work of it up the straight and he might just need this but um yeah i think uh, frodon and native river are two interesting contenders i've just gone with frodon here um i think from if I remember right, last year, Paul Nichols said he was never entirely happy with Frodon. And I think it was after he ran in the Betfair chase at Haydock, they found he had an ulcer, which was quite a big problem for him. And it just took him a little bit of time to get over that. And then when he returned at Kempton, he was very, very good. Um, and he was very impressive, you have to say, when he won off top weight in a handicap at Cheltenham on his last start, beating no other than Cloth Cap, who was back in third place. So... Significant form boost there. Um, I think it's going to be interesting how it plays tactically. We know that Briley likes to get Frodon out from the front, but Native River is a horse that likes to go out from the front too, and he won this race last year. It's quite a trappy little race. And I think it's between Native River and Frodon. I could see Santini finishing second, but I don't think he'll win. Um, do you not, Chris, do you not think Frodon and Native River will set it up for Santini? No, I don't. I think... I think out of the two, I, I'd i probably rather, if it had to be between Santini and Native River, for example, I think I would favour Native River. But I just I just think Frodon, if, if, if he can replicate his form last time out, and I know he was beaten at Aintree last year in the old Rowan chase, but like I said, Nichols didn't quite have him right, wasn't happy with him early on last season. And you might remember that they omitted pretty much every single fence in that race due to the low sun. And that's Frodon's main asset, his jumping. So in a flat race, obviously, <laughs> he is a little bit slower maybe compared to some of these. However, I, I, I do like Frodon here. And I just think, I think, uh, I think over three miles, he, I'm not sure if he'll be good enough to win a gold cup, but I think Native River might need it. Tizard's horses haven't been running particularly well. It's a really trappy race, I have to admit. But for me, Frodon, I don't know why, just something about him that I think he might be able to do it again. Chris Loder, can you tell I like Santini? Yeah, we, we can tell you do. We we know you like back in Hendo um, short price hot pots. No, no, that's, that's Paul Callahan's mantle. Will you give me Santini in the match bag against you two? Yeah, we'll go throw it on then. It's a handicap match here. I'm confident Santini will take that all day against Frodon. What do you fancy here, Paul? I'm going to side with Native River. I think it's yes, it is going to be an ask to, to win at the first time of asking since we last saw him back on the in early February. However, he was he justified odds on favouritism on that occasion. 
there'll be a lot, you know, all eyes will, will evolve around Santini. Can he lay down his, his Gold Cup marker for this season? Yeah, Frodon can Frodon put in a performance like he did his, his performance at Cheltenham when we last saw him was exceptional. I don't know. I know he was beaten at, at entry last season and, and Brioni put it down to the defence has been bypassed. But I, I would question that as well, you know, it's, it's low for entry, but I, I would more so question the performance he put in at Cheltenham on his last start was so good. Can, can he back it up, you know, with two runs in succession? I'm not so sure. So I think I'm going to go. I think Santini, he's quirky. His cheek piece is on. His first run of the season could be the time to catch him. But I think Native River's going to, you know, he's not going to go down without a fight. I, I, I fancy Native River in this one. Chris Loder and Kate Clements are keen on Frodon at 5-2. to two. I'm all over Santini at 5-4. to four. All aboard. Okay. Moving on to... We're looking at... The 3.15 William Hill Grand Sefton Handicap Chase. Chris Loder again. You have the floor. What do you like? Well, this is the one that I've been telling a few people about. Um, Saving the best till last, Chris. Yeah, but, well, yeah, we've still got a couple more races to preview on the Sunday, but uh, yeah, ne- it's nearly saving the best till last. Um, I think that this horse I'm about to mention could be really exciting, and that's Swift Crusader for Sam Drinkwater and Tom Scudamore. Now, this horse, Swift Crusader, Swift Crusader, like I said, is with uh, Sam Drinkwater. And Sam Drinkwater, his last three runners have won. Um, he had a winner at Haydock yesterday at 5-2, to two, but earlier in the week he had a 40-1 to one winner at Fakenham and he had a 33-1 to one winner at Lingfield. And his horses are running really well at the moment. And I think when these small yards hit a bit of form, for some reason all their runners seem to run really well. And this horse, Swift Crusader, has got a bit of back class about him. He's a horse that goes very well fresh. It's going to be his first run of the season, so that's a massive tick in the box. And I saw Sam Drinkwater being interviewed by Luke Harvey on Sky Sports Racing the other day, and they couldn't wait to unleash this horse. And then I think off a mark of 125, that's definitely a workable mark for him. He won on his seasonal reappearance back in 2018 when he uh, won... At um at Sandown, apparently he's a really good jumper at home, and they think he'll take to the fences. He goes really well fresh. He's already shortened him with a few other firms. I think I saw thirty three to one still out there with Bet three six five, but the money's going on with quite a lot of the other bookmakers. Um, and I just think there's a lot to like about this horse, and a lot of the 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 horses at the top of the bet, and in my opinion, they're either exposed, they won't like the entry fences, uh, or they're just from bigger yards, and they're just the kind of prices they are, just because they are with those yards. So yeah, a lot of horses in here that I thought at the top of the market I could put lines through, but Swift Crusader, like I said, with the yard in such good form, this horse has got to run well in my opinion, and I think still um, off a mark of one hundred twenty five, you might have a few pounds. Uh, to to work with so yeah swift crusader big price nap but uh yeah with the item form i'm all over him here yeah you sound very bullish and you look bullish as well loader um i'm just about to load up my bet three six five account see if i can get on before your account was closed yeah it was um oh i don't know how we're going to get around this one anyway very few one best price available 20 to 1 elsewhere swift crusader for chris loader kate clements do you have a bet three six five account by any chance I don't. Damn. Maybe what do you like here? <laughs> what do you like here? Um, I struggled with this one. Um, I didn't. I don't really see why Dingo Dollar is 
currently 14 to 1 on Betfair. I kind of don't understand what the case for him is there. Um, and then I've kind of selected Modus purely out of curiosity, really. Um, so he won last time out at Aintree, two mile four, um, won by eight lengths after a 465-day break. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see exactly what that break has done for him because before his record isn't the most reliable. Um, Paul Nichols horse with John Joe O'Neill Jr. on board. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go with him, but I'd probably have a an each way on senior citizen as well, even though that's, a, that's one of these McNeil heart overhead decisions. But he has been performing, so we'll see if he can continue. Yeah, that one's relatable to me, senior citizen. Um, <laughs> nine to one, quite short in the bang, and Modus, um, six to one as well, quite short in the bang as well for Paul Nichols. What do you fancy here, Paul? Yeah, we're back over the national fences with the, the Grand Theft, and of course, the Beecher Chase is starting. I think at the back of the Canal Torn, this one is the start to jump the, the last two fences first. The third fence, of course, is the chair. So. This is going to be fast and furious, and I think a horse with experience could be what, what you want here. I think Mike Bice, there'll be a lot of eyes on him. I think he'll either love it or absolutely hate it. But I'm going to come down on the side of Samadigal for Paul Nichols and Brio. I think Brownie Frost is up for a real treat here. He's been round entry before. Horses that have been there, for some reason, no matter how far between their runs, do seem to be a lot quicker with their feet and they're quicker, things like away from the canal turn and that, they're just, they, they know how to operate around there a lot smarter and I think Samadigo off a, a mark of 142, he was third in this race last year off 144, I think 142 will be there, thereabouts, he was only beaten by seven, seven lengths by the winner last year, uh, having made a bad mistake, having been hampered at the second last, so I think Brioni Frost is in for a real treat on Samadigo in this one. Uh, moving on to, we're going to have a little look at Sunday's action. I'm going to go the 2.25, Peterborough Chase at Huntington. What do you fancy here, Paul? I'm going to take a chance on Simply the Betsy of Harry Whitten and, and Gavin Sheehan. He beat one home at the open meeting, having been up front, up, up on the front end throughout. The strip fitter here, he's a Cheltenham Festival winner who's four from six over fences, and I think there, sh there should be plenty more to come. So a chance is taken on simply the bets at an attractive place. Uh, what are we on? Simply the bets, which um, Paul has tipped up as well. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with him last time out when he was at Cheltenham. Sort of looked like he needed the run. Um, but yeah, I'm having, I really like the horse. Um, so yeah, let's see what he can do this time out. He wasn't fluent over a couple of the fences. Hopefully the run will have done him some good. Yes, simply the best is currently 12 to one best price available with Paddy and Betford currently. Six to one elsewhere. So I might have to ping a little email out to cut that one. Um, Chris Loder, what do you like? Yeah, a great race this. Um, always like these um, races at some of the smaller venues. I was quite hoping that Keeper Hill was going to run here when I was talking to Katie yesterday. Um, a horse that obviously does have quite a lot of ability, but I find it bizarre that they keep persevering over three miles. I think his best trip, in my opinion, is two and a half miles. Um, but he's not going to go here. He's going to go for the many clouds. So 
you can scratch him off your list. Um, Mr. Fisher, I thought, would be the one to play here if he turns up. Nicky Henson said he's swaying towards sending him here because at the time of recording, we don't know the final field for this race. It was very well fancied in the paddy power, but the soft ground totally went against him that day. He needs at least good to soft. He's not really as effective on a soft ground surface. So... Uh, the the ground at Huntington probably will be on the good soft side, I would imagine. It always seems to be um, quickish ground there compared to lots of other national hunt tracks. So, yeah, Mr. Fisher was a classy novice last year, had a lot of good bat form, and on his day, he really did look like he could progress into to a, a graded horse, you know. So, yeah, I think with the regard he's held in, I think he's coming to the fore now, put a line through that run at Cheltenham last time out. I think he's a dangerous player. And also as well, I'll keep an eye out for Top Notch, an old favourite of mine. Um, it's won this race before, won it last year. And uh, I think uh, I think Henderson might be able to uh, win this race again. Can I interject and ask a question, Press? Yes. Um, so you've got, obviously, Cooper Hill entered into this race but dropped up in another one. And interestingly, growing up Storm was in both as well, but dropped up for the 225 at Sandown. What do you think of him? Brewing up a storm. I hate well, no, oh, can't use that word. Can't use that <laughs> word. Can't word I I I'm I've never been a fan of, of uh brewing up a storm. Never just for me, I don't know what it is with him, is it his attitude? Does he wrong right run at the wrong trip? Um, just just never convinced about him. I know he has a lofty reputation, but to be honest, I I've always been a little bit unconvinced. He never truly wants to get the job done. That's just my own personal opinion, obviously. But don't don't uh, knife me there on Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, brewing up a storm. I think I think if he's already been jocked up, he he he'll go to his his likely destination. I think this this race well cut up quite a lot, um, uh, and I think Keeper Hill, yeah, he like I said, he's going, he's going, he's going to um, to entry. You know, they would they would have put someone if if he was going here. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that these two won't feature. You're trying to steal my job, Kate Clements? No, just thought it was interesting. Um, I am. Um... I quite like the horse, but I like the horse because of how he's built. Um, he's beautifully put together. He's a real tank of a horse. Um, again, he's one of these ones like um, like All Mankind. He has a will about him, and I guess channeling that is difficult. Yeah. Kate Clarence, the floor is yours again, if you like. Uh, Chris's dream. It's a shorter trip than last time out um, when he was fantastic. Um, I loved watching him. It was a real joy. He jumped brilliantly and he lost by half an act to the storyteller. Um, he's won at this distance before um, by two and a half lengths to Shattered Love. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. I backed him that last time out um, when he came second. So, hopefully, we can. Don't worry, don't worry, Kate. I, I was on as well, so that's that's two one on ones we've got beat. What do you fancy here, Paul? You know, I think Shaq and Borsois, you have a lot of old air as well, but Shaq and Borsois is, is a fascinating contender. 
you know, he, he was a good winner when we last saw him at the Dublin Racing Festival when he took the the Ladbrokes, the Dublin Chase, the Grade One contest. However, a horse that I absolutely love, and I tipped him up at Down Royal. I was gutted when he got beat. Is uh, Chris's dream? I absolutely love the horse. I think he did Everton right, as, as Robbie Power mentioned in a recent article. He did Everton right at Down Royal Bar win. Down Royal was over three miles. He's back down to two and a half. And uh, he's a, he's had a nice he's had five weeks between his races, which I think is crucially the horse that always runs runs his best races fresh, which I think Henry de Brom had mentioned last season that throughout his earlier career, when they ran him quite quickly in succession, he was a horse that just couldn't take his race and, and that's just the way he's built. And I, I just think he's a horse I absolutely love. And um yeah, I think I think Chris's dream to to take to John Durkin. <laughs> Chris Loder. Like. Yeah, we were all on. I think if I remember, everybody when we were with um, Peter Finch, we all um, we were all on uh, Chris's dream that day, um, and he did look like the winner for a long way. Um, but yeah, there's just something nagging at the back of my mind: is he really a genuine Group One horse? And he's going to be up against some speedier types in this race. Min is obviously likely to head here. For Willie Mullins, and I don't know if anyone's been watching the Road to Cheltenham series with uh, Lydia Hislop and uh, Ruby Welsh from Racing TV. Um, Ruby did a great analysis of the Ryanair, saying like how some years it favours speed, other years it favours stamina. Um, I see Marcus is getting on uh, the exchange there, but uh, um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, this race, Punches Town, in my mind, is always quite a sharp sharp track quite a, it favors more speedier types and i just think chris's dream probably needs slightly further the one that i thought was quite interesting and probably the one i would side with is uh battle over doyen for gordon elliott who seems to be uh doing very well at the moment cleaning up a lot of these big races in ireland at the moment a lot of the group uh, grade ones he seems to be winning i think some of willie's horses even though he's yard was in form i think his top horse is just need a couple of runs and will be more effective come springtime. So that's something I would bear in mind. But this battle over Doyen, we all know about uh, his classy reputation. Um, his classy uh, reputation was a good winner at Down Royal last time, beating stablemate Sam Crow. And Barry Garrity's been doing quite a bit of work at Gordon Elliott since uh, um, retiring. And he said that if he had to uh, ride one, Sam Crow or battle over Doyen, he would. Uh, ride uh battle over doyen he wasn't um that impressed by sam crow out of the two so yeah for me battle over doyen i think he's interesting and uh, i think over two and a half miles it's more his trip rather than three so for me battle over doyen i think men's a bit short in the bang seven to four i would say that's the the right price for men um we've often said about it before on other podcasts and said about it on other platforms that if Altior wasn't around, Min would be right up there as one of the greats in the last decade. Arguably bumped into him in the Supreme when he finished second, uh, finished second to him in the champion chase um, before, you know, he, he's a real top class grade one horse on his day. Never forget when he won at Aintree under a master class from Ruby that day. I think they worked out that two and a half is probably his best trip, which this is. Won the Ryanair, Ryanair last year. Got his deserved Cheltenham Festival win. I think he's a horse, like we said earlier, about Politolog. 
top horse for some reason never seems to capture the public imagination but yeah i think min deserves his top at the place of the betting you know and um i think uh it'll take a good horse to beat him he's currently seven to four men favorite valor Doan is four to one shortening and chris's dream five to one best price available i'm going to give chris's dream another chance um hopefully this is another one-on-one job but every chance um any other bets, ladies and gentlemen? Do you have anything else, Kate Clements? You want to add? Um, I don't know if I'll bet yet, but I'm excited to see a couple of the Fergal O'Brien runners this weekend. Um, Petite Power, who ran, um, it'll be a month this weekend since he ran last. Um, he ran over two mile four. No, not two mile four. What was it? three mile one um and the horse I, i've ridden it and it's got one pace but it will go in that pace all day long um and watching him i thought no he needs he needs to be back up at like at three mile five or more um and they are sending him out um this weekend at exeter in three mile six um so i'm excited to see what he can do he's a tiny tiny little horse and he's so narrow, but he's got so much stamina. Um, so I'm excited to see him and another Fergal O'Brien runner that also begins with P, and that I've also ridden, uh, Pallady, a six-year-old mare. Um, she was fourth last time out at Market Razor, fourth of eight. Um, I don't know why, I don't know what happened that day, but I've ridden her since then, and... I did more work with her at Fergals than I've done on any of the other horses. And even after time on the circular and three runs up Fergals massive great hill, um, she still had the change of pace and change of gears. Um, and I was I really liked her. So I'm keen that she'll run a good race this time. It's interesting. We got some prices for the first one you mentioned, Petite Power. Eight to one, best price for, for that race at Exeter on a three fifteen. All aboard. Yeah, All I think that's fair. It's good each way. Fun. Yeah. Lucky loaders. Anything to add? Yeah, I mean, this will be going up to, uh, on Thursday evening. Uh, Chris Gordon's got a couple of interesting runners, always going about his runners. Two of his uh, shining lights, uh, Pressure Luck, who is a horse I actually mentioned to you when I was in the pre parade ring at uh, Kempton, said to, to follow him. He's. Um, done very well so far over uh, hurdles won both his two starts he runs in a grade two tomorrow at sandown the outsider of uh five i think it is i might have a small saver on him just for loyalty really he probably would need to improve a little bit but i think he's been disrespected in the market compared to some of his rivals who arguably haven't trained much more than he has so i think he'll run well and also as well there's a really competitive um handicap chase at uh sandown tomorrow as well with morning vicar really interested to see him but the Chris Gordon runner in there is a horse called Top Man, um, who was very impressive, I thought, on his chase debut at Fontwell. Uh, hasn't been rushed back in the last couple of months, so they've obviously uh, just taken their time with him. You know, they didn't want to get him out again. I think he's interested in keeping an eye on him, and he won't mind a little bit of rain, which is forecast at the weekend. So, yeah, I think Chris Gordon's in for an interesting day on Friday, and I'm hoping they can run well for him. I'll do is I'll put all the all the bets in the bio uh, on SoundCloud. Obviously, it'll be on Spotify and iTunes as well. So if anybody 
wants to maybe chuck some multiples on for being optimistic. Um, probably more chance to win on the lottery, to be honest with you. But you never know. Um, thanks for your time, Kate Clements, this afternoon. I know you're you're busy. Really not at the moment. I can't wait for um, these tear systems to go away and have a vaccine and go back to a bit more normality. You've got a little friend next to you. could probably keep you entertained. Oh, the champagne. Yeah. <laughs> if I, if there's someone over my shoulder. Yeah, I've um, I've probably done a bit more drinking in the last month than I would normally have to feel. Yeah, don't worry. You're not alone on that, that front. Lucky loaders, <laughs> appreciate your time. Everyone, make sure you follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Leave us a review. Give us a like on Twitter. Any questions, just reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. <laughs>